Hey y'all, welcome back to a Sunday, May 22nd. Yeah, 22nd, 2022. Just a lot of two, two, twos uh, in this intro. So uh, thank you for checking out uh, this Sunday edition of the podcast where I am still the aforementioned Chase Summers coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee. On today's show, the return of sports reporters who have indeed reassembled. Uh, great to have Robert Silverman of the Daily Beast and Andrew Hammond of the Detroit Free Press uh, back on this very program. Uh, love getting to talk about the biggest stories in sports with those two. So uh, great to have them on this edition of the podcast. Uh, that will be the extent of this edition of the pod. No part two or part three on today's program, but uh, that's okay because on these Sunday shows, you will you should look out on this feed on Sundays to uh, just get sports reporters assemble. Uh, kind of a lighter load on the weekend. So uh, yeah, uh, we talk about the biggest stuff in sports this week, the NBA draft lottery, uh, the NBA playoffs with the Heat and Celtics, the Warriors um, Mavericks and what we think about both of those series and then the draft winners and losers, what the Magic will do with the number one pick. And then uh, Jimbo versus Saban uh, down there uh, in AM and Bama country. So all that and more coming up on this edition of the Chase Thomas Podcast. Uh, you can email this very program at chasethomaspodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at me at chase double underscore Thomas. Like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash chase Thomas writer. You can read me at sportsrenaissancemancom New piece up today or I guess yesterday on uh, my schedule and just where I'm at with my writing and all that good stuff, kind of a little essay that I put together yesterday that you can check out, sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. Type in your email, become a subscriber today so that you never miss any of my written content. Don't forget, folks, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure you hit that pause button and leave this show a five-star rating and a review uh, if you have not already done so, because it helps other people find the show and it helps this show continue to grow here on the Blue Wire Pod Network. Go check out all of our other great shows across the Blue Wire Pod Network uh, if you have not already done so. And uh, yeah, all right, Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas Pod, the Chase Thomas Podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate, I already hate it. I hate it. All right, you heard it. The sports reporters, we have indeed reassembled. Bob got the jab, part four. Part four? Technically four. Technically Booster four. Booster two, jab four. I am I am very tired. Uh, it's not as bad as it was last time. Mm-hmm. First booster, I was I was on my back quicker than the French army in 1940. I go. was I was very tired. I That's a good reference. I was I'll pretend I know it. Sick. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it, the, yeah. Uh, uh, I was about to say I was about to combine your name, Bobby and Robert, Bobber. Uh, Bobber. Bobber was a nickname I've had at times. In any case, I'm yeah. I am uh, I am all for people getting boosters. Please get boosted, uh, but it's going to make you feel bad for 24 hours. It's worth it though. Go get boosted. There you go. There you yeah. go. Also here, Andrew Hammond repping his favorite NFL team. The Dallas Cowboys, people forget, Andrew, Dallas Cowboys superfan Hammond of the Detroit this Press. Is, this is a, oh. Um, is that true? No, hell no. No, okay. it's not. Um, this, this, this is a, oh, damn. I My camera's in HD, and I really didn't brush my hair this morning. Screw it. We've um, been a pro hat podcast. Mm-hmm. For it has been. Existence. It has been. I feel like I need to get more hats in order to keep up. With the rotation. Oh, it's okay, Bob. You're, you're, I don't want to beanie it the whole time. Well, it's too hot. How are you not burning up at this point? What's New York like today? I keep cool thoughts. Uh, it's uh, approximately, I think it was, uh, yeah, it's 73 right now. 73. Quite, quite, quite lovely. Yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to get up to, it was almost 90 yesterday. It's uh, Mm. full on. Uh, that south summer going on here in East Tennessee. No, it's raining. Over. Well, it's raining on and off today. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Well, Andrew, what uh, what's new with you in the last week? Anything new on your end? Um, not much. I uh, got a new project that uh, I can talk about off air. Um, mm. Coming. Um, and yeah, I'm very upset at WWE for. Booking themselves into a corner and blaming others. Shocking. 
I know. Mm. There you go. Bobby Silverman, anything new yeah, on boy. your end? Uh, working on some stories. Nothing I can. You're always can working on stories. Yet. I like my stories. <laughs> um, I got about I got three that hopefully some of them will be done soon. How do you do that? I don't think I could do multiple stories at once where I have to keep track of where well, I'm at and, well, and where know, my place know, is. You know the Vegas act where the plates are spinning on mm-hmm. tiny poles? <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like that. That sounds you exhausting. Just, well, no, it's, it's my – actually, look, in all honesty, my – the best – I am an inveterate procrastinator. Mm. And if you give me the – if you give me something to distract myself that is not the work I have to do, I, I'll, I'll – like, I'm like a crow. Mm. If I see something shiny, I'm going to want to go go attack it. So, mm. and, and we do live in the age of distraction these days. So there are many that are readily available to push of a button. So one way that I, and this may not be the best productivity hack for all you kids out there, mm. um, one way I, I try to uh, conquer my own easily distracted self is I give myself a good three to four projects to work on at any time hmm. so that I can procrastinate working on one thing that needs finishing by working on something else, which fulfills my innate desire to avoid doing the work I have to do that is a crushing, oppressive deadline and that is screaming to get done, but I can work on something different. So I'm still being productive and procrastinating at the same time. This mm. is, I'm not putting this into a self-help book or Substack. Just take some notes and I, I don't, yeah, please, please don't follow this. Uh, I would, I would not recommend to anyone that they also take up this work. My dumb brain, man. I uh, I finished up finals this week, and I uh, thank you, sir. I got an A. I finished with an A in one of them, and we're gonna see in the other. I have an A going into really taking her time on the on the final grades being posted in the other one. But uh, fingers crossed on that one. But one semester left, and uh, excited about that. But I, uh, it, it's so difficult, man. To when you have all your stuff, you're like, it's all neat. All my stuff's ready to go. I still have. 48 hours to submit this and you're like i don't why do i want to have this looming over my head because i can't do, focus on anything else until i get it done but your dumb brain's like you got time why not read this next ringer piece why not just read the what's going on with the uh, the latest twitter drama why not like it's just so stupid there's, there's, there's a lot of drama on twitter.com it's, there is a lot of drama drama you just on have, if you follow the right people you can see people getting mad at things Mm-hmm. I was still getting mad at the people who were getting mad at things. It's I was on vacation last week, and I Ooh. deleted the Twitter app. Ooh. How was that? I gotta tell you, it felt phenomenal. So why'd you bring it back? Hmm. Just go, just stay off the grid, Andrew. So, He's got to do it for work. That's true. Man. We're all trapped. Yeah. We're all trapped. And so because the last time I like took a vacation, I literally just stayed on Twitter the entire time and I was just like, no, 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 no. Ooh, bad, I'm bad. I'm disconnecting. Well, this was also 2020 when literally um shit just kept hitting the fan every day. Mm. And you're just like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen today. So like now I look at it as okay, I need to disconnect from the world i need to get away from everything and it it was good it was great like the first thing you, i where did where did you go for vacation uh charlotte mm. charlotte. Okay. charlotte north kakalaki um, i like charlotte great great town um mm. it's now asheville asheville still number one in north carolina bob you would love asheville have you been there no you would love I feel like, yeah i feel like bob would small town north carolina okay. small cool stuff um, it's just a Asheville is such a cool little town, man. Na- Asheville is one of my favorite favorite spots for sure. Um, but that's good, man. That's good. Where'd yeah. you go? The, where'd you say you went this time? Uh, Charlotte. I thought you did twenty twenty with Charlotte. No, twenty twenty was Atlanta. Oh, yeah, twenty twenty. I went down to Atlanta. Um, basically, I <laughs> this was when I got like reassigned at my job and so i was no longer a sports writer so i basically took a i i basically took a fu vacation um and yeah i just i needed to get away from everything but at the same time i was still trying to say i was still trying to say connected to everything Mm. um but yeah no it's 
it kind of is what it is. Um, but no, it was fun. It was it was fun to get away from everything. And yeah, like the first thing that happened when I popped back on Twitter is I uh, met a new friend named Mark Messier in the uh, Charlotte airport. So you know, best former things. Rangers great Mark Messier. Yes. Bob, are you a Rangers guy or Islanders guy? Very casual Rangers fan. I've been watching the playoffs. And so that's weird. How'd that happen? Because yeah. isn't it usually Jets, Mets, and Islanders? Yeah, just the that's the you're hitting right into the 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 Long Island, Staten Island sweet spot with that. Right. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, my 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 sports fandom was entirely determined by my older cousins, hmm. and so I liked the teams they liked, and they liked Jets, Mets, Knicks, Rangers. So there you go. Yeah, uh, uh, ca- very casual hockey fan. Um, and my hockey, my like, I watch, and and within two seconds, I turn into Don Cherry. <laughs> it's really amazing. I just go, put like, I start screaming, pucks on net, puck in deep, cycle the puck. <laughs> yes, like, get, get, get pucks players, on net. Why are all these European players so soft? Is my is like. Just like stop, stop at these fancy boy passes and just. Oh my fire god, the you really are going full Don Cherry. I really Jesus. am. It's not something I chose. It's something I expected. What is moment, wrong with you? All I know is I look at Artemi Panarin and I'm like, yeah, that skating around is kind of pretty to watch, but maybe you could shoot. That would mm. be helpful. Um, so yeah, I like I like teams composed of. 240 pounds, 6'2 guys from Moose Jaw who flatten players with an elbow. That's my, that's what I think. You know, they don't do much of that anymore, sadly. I was thinking about that. That's why the Rangers don't win. And so. Well, I was going to say it's that. And yeah, like, look, Tampa Bay, I think they, I think they won a third straight Stanley Cup. But my do they, God, do they do they cycle that, the pucks? Do they put pucks, pucks on net? That team is the so they're so clinical. It's boring. You know how teams are clinical and yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. somewhat fascinating to watch. Like it's never like super exciting, but you're like, oh, I can sit there and watch them play. Watching, watching Tampa Bay, you're just like, okay, so they're gonna. Jump out to a two zero lead they in like are, twenty they minutes. Are, they've got they got enough skilled players to offset their New Jersey Devils mid two thousand neutral zone trap defense. God, They're good. So boring. I want. I like. I, I've been enjoying watching Carolina because they just throw themselves all over the ice and see what happens next. And they forecheck. Have you teams. been? Have you been watching Edmonton and Calgary? That's a real barn burner, real Western <laughs> Conference barn burner. It's like, fun. hey, Battle of Alberta is real. Like, I, yeah. I, I had a tweet last night. I was like, you rarely get fights in the playoffs because people, because the players understand there's a greater, like, as you go deeper in the playoffs, the rare fights become. I'm like, um, we might get a, a full-on line brawl by the end of this series uh, because it's two teams, it's, Edmonton, who should probably be in a Western Conference Finals or even a Stanley Cup. Then you got Calgary, that's just all these young kids who, I swear to God, are just, they have a morphine drip like Red Bull in their (laughs) system, and they just hop on the ice, skating all around. Just like, this, I mean, it's basically like NHL 22 come to life. And all we're missing are just massive fights every five minutes. Okay, I'll buy Edmonton's in Alberta. Yeah. Good job, Chase. Good job. <laughs> I'm gonna throw <laughs> this phone at you through the Chase, that's, through, that's through the part computer. Of, Alberta is part of Canada, just in case. Western Canada. I've heard about some good North American philosophers on that side of the on that side no, of the pond. No, no. <laughs> No. All right. I was about to do the William Defoe. I too have a. Are we doing it? No, we're not doing this. Are we downshifting from hockey to the next uh, subject? Well, the next subject is the NBA playoffs because last night was uh, fantastic. Um, The Warriors game, Warriors Mavs, Warriors go up 2 0. I think they're 14 1 uh, all time when they go up 2 0 in a series. Um, it's, It's a big big deal and Luca 40 plus um Draymond uh fouls out in the fourth you Jordan Poole was really great but Jalen Brunson also really great a lot of great guard play but Kevon Looney 
just everyone lo- all the kids love Kevon Looney. All yes. the kids Kevon Looney who is is only six eight, but somehow appears to be towering over everybody else in the court. Mm-hmm. I think he might be equal I think he might be equidistant. I think he's just as wide as he is tall. I was gonna say it's the shoulders. The shoulders yeah. make him look significantly bigger. Because he like he walks like this. He walks yeah. like Frankenstein kind of. Yeah, he really do- he lumbers yes. up and down the court. He's been incredibly. We haven't had Anthony Mason shaped dudes in the <laughs> NBA for a while, and I think we're due for a comeback. Real like, just muscle hamsters. The Danny Fortson types is what we really need a comeback of. Danny Fortson, uh, Seattle SuperSonic legend Danny Fortson, University uh, of Cincinnati legend Danny Fortson. There you go. And let's uh, just remember some guys. Instead of going to Cincinnati therapy, let's just remember some remember guys. Remember some guys. I'm All men want to do is sit around naming... <laughs> naming guys, eat yeah. hot chip, and lie. That's what mm-hmm. men want to do. You're damn um, right. Andrew, what, do you, what did you make of last night's game? Do you think this is a wrap? Do you think... Series over. Okay. Like, so um, so uh, as I'm watching this Warriors comeback, like... It's basically every Warriors run. I was explaining this to somebody today. I said, Mm. it's every Warriors run that the Cavs had to deal with during that string of NBA Finals. There's just a moment. Yeah, there's just all those great teams. There's just a moment where the switch gets flipped and you can't do anything to stop them. It's really, it's, it's. It's fun that they're back. It's like Jordan Poole turning into uh, an incredibly dangerous scoring guard. It's not something I expected a year or so ago, but hey, we're here. Otto Porter giving valuable minutes to uh, Otto Porter turning into their slightly longer version of Andre Iguodala is not something I I foresaw. They're a very well-coached team. Steph is a killer. Clay Thompson somehow still being 85% of his old self mm. after the Achilles tear is just... It, they're, they're, they're great. They're, they're it's, the left. it's hilarious. It, yeah. Because you're just like, oh, they're going to go... And you know the run is coming. Mm. You know the run it, it is coming. And, and there's nothing that. you can do about it. And there's maybe been one team... Like literally one team in a in an eight ten year ten to eight year span that has been able to withstand the Warriors haven't haven't lost a Western Conference playoff game since 2014. That is wild. We have played series, not game. Yeah, lost a whole series since 2014. Pretty wild. They uh, Draymond. I mean, he. he was just all over the place, and he hit that big three late. And then, he, of course, like right after, he takes another one, which was funny. I appreciate Draymond for doing it Draymond right Draymond should after. take more heat checks. That's yes. yes. Draymond taking a heat check after hitting one three is delightful. Um, I don't know. It's it. He is such a different player now because he really doesn't shoot at all. You just forget. Like No, he, he never did. He barely He shot a level. lot more during their, their title run. No. He shot a lot more because people get annoyed about how no, much Draymond was shooting. No, no, no. He, he lopped like a couple of shots off of his plate per game. Mm. He really wasn't. He re, you're, you're, you're misremembering those 2014-15 teams. I don't know. I think he shot Harrison a lot more. Harrison Barnes was on this team. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. So... Andrew Wiggins was somebody I wrote down of just he was driving and driving and driving He's and finding dudes. Wiggins very, was yeah. Wiggins has really become I mean, everyone Wiggins got clowned on a lot for not mm-hmm. being, you know, the kind of player that you often get at the first because people were, he was a he was considered an elite prospect coming out of coming out of Kansas. And he Hold never on, Bob. Really Can I stop him. you right there? Yeah. Draymond Green took 4.2 threes a game 2014 yeah. to 20, uh, 2015, uh, and this year he did 1.2 per game. I told you, he took four. Uh, you're, right. took, you're right. He, he shot a lot more. Person. He always, I think this is the Jason Conception line, I'm going to steal it. <laughs> Jay, Jaymon, Draymond Green has always, for the entire of his career, shot threes as if he's wearing a backpack loaded down with bricks. <laughs> that That's is true. That is a fact. Loaded down with like a mason brick. Like, it takes a lot of work to grind the machine. Uh, like him squatting, it really feels like he's doing it with heavyweights somewhere on his body. It's it, it's an effort thing. 
And uh, yeah, but he did take one. I was I was at the NBA draft when the Warriors took him. I was backstage milling about trying to get people interviews, trying to get interviews, and I overheard uh, Mark Tatum calling out with the TKTK pick, the Warriors select Draymond Green. And I was like, oh, that's a cool pick. He was fun at Michigan State. And then I moved on. But I, I distinctly remember that happening. Um, but I want to bring us on to Andrew. Andrew, think back, probe the recesses of your memory. What did I say approximately, I'm going to say six to eight weeks ago, about who was going to be making the Eastern Conference fun? Mm. I'm pretty sure you said the Boston Celtics. That's what I said. Yeah. So, funny story. Watching Boston. So, Boston goes down 3-2 to Milwaukee. Like, Marcus Smart basically almost screwed the season for the Celtics. Um, Also, don't don't mind the idea, but Jesus Christ, don't hit a fadeaway against Pat Connaughton. It's not like... He's. It's not like he's the you know the best defender on the team. Jesus Christ. Anyway, I everything that they had struggled with since maybe 2017, going on the road, winning a big game, then coming back and doing it all over again. They squashed all of that. They, they are, ended that. They year. are a. They they are a well. It's a well constructed roster. Every piece knows what their job is. Nobody on that team is trying to, like, the big, the big factor is, is, is Jason Tatum figuring out how to be not just, uh, one, excising most of the Kobe brain parts of his shot diet, where he would, where he'll walk into, like, fadeaway 18-footers, but two, figuring out how to be a distributor and a creator in addition to being a, just a deadly. Uh, and I'm stealing again, this is a line from, from Ben Collins, who covers uh, the dystopia beat over at NBC. Um, ben says that Jason Tatum reminds him of peak Tracy McGrady. And honestly, I think that is a very valid comparison. Yep. Much better defender. Yeah, better defender than Tracy McGrady. I mean, with, with all of these guys in defense, when you're talking about that, it's like, well, yeah, but nobody in 2003 was required to cover nearly as much ground and a different and a variety of, of of scores as anyone as defenses are now. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. offenses about, like, were way more structured. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is like there? There was a there was a Twitter debate about about name the most dominant. Like, is is Giannis having one of the most dominant runs in NBA history? And the answer is yes. And I said, well, people were offering up comparisons, and I said like Kareem's run is one. You know, um, Michael Jordan, of course. But like I said, Shaq should be included in that. And they were like, well, Shaq didn't have to play a lot of defense. I'm like. Yeah, because he had to, like, body up Greg Ostertag. Like, what was the – there was just not a lot required. Like, Shaq's job on defense was to protect the rim and be large. Like, no one was asking Shaq to scoot out to the three-point line and and get a hand in uh, Davis Berton's face or anything. Or, or, you know, my favorite thing, and, you know, we we joked about this last week – uh, talking about Twitter, we're talking about you know Shaq and you know what he did in the O one and O two NBA Finals. Yeah, and I said you put I said, you you don't see the O two NBA Finals a lot. You wanna know why? Because it's a snuff film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is an absolute okay. snuff the, film. Was that the next year? Was that the next year? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Shaq had a dunk. So the like the iconic picture that everybody sees where Shaq is dunking on everybody. Mm. If I remember you know, correctly, Jamie on the Rogan Show and look up the stats for uh, Shaq in the 2002 yeah. NBA. But, but but like I love that I've the, been demoted to the stat guy on my own the, podcast. The dunk Jamie, that he check, had. Check, did you fact check this, Jamie? Thank you. <laughs> but like 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 the, the dunk that he had that you know that's like the the iconic image of like four guys. That happened in the first quarter of, I believe, game one. And you're just like, oh, it's going to be that kind of series. Cool. All right. Think, game I two, he Shaq... had 40 and 12. Game one, yeah. he had 36 and 16. Um... <laughs> At a much slower-paced NBA. Yes. Yeah. Uh, See, that's in had... a lot fewer processions per game. He had a sneaky 35 and 11 in game three. 
Um, let's see. What do you have in game four? So he averaged close to forty think, a game. Yeah, um, he was like he was like six thirty six and twelve in that series. Thirty four and ten in game four. Yeah. So yeah. That's and, wild. And, and, and the funny thing is, remember when the Nets were supposed to have the high-paced offense? Like, they were supposed to be the up-and-down team. Jason Kidd was basically they at were. his height. In 2002, they were. Yeah. Was... And he was just like, oh, man. And then Shaq was just like, nope, I'm going to take the sledgehammer, and I'm just going to go into the paint on your entire team and just hit everybody with sledgehammers. Nobody could stop them. The next well, think about the, the, the yeah, difference with how the game is played back then because they yeah. threw Aaron Williams, they threw McCullough, yeah. they threw – They threw everybody at them. Was Matumbo healthy for that final? I know no. no, that was – I thought he was, was he still in Philly at that point? Yeah, or he wasn't it, even on the team. I think he had to be still in Philly. Because he was not on no. the Because they threw out Jason Collins, too. So it was the three of them. Uh, I actually watched, right. rewatched this series they traded, last summer. They traded yeah. McCullough. They traded McCullough for Matumbo. He was off Philly. I'm huh. pretty sure the, they traded for Matumbo. He just wasn't healthy. And so they were uh, Because I remember the was the starting five in this series. Right, because the Nets. Jamie, could you look up when Matumbo <laughs> got traded to the Nets? That's when I know I'll make um, it, guys. When I have like the the stack guy just on these. You, you need a guy. You need yes. an intern. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm at a university. Team. I yeah. should put in a thing. I should put in a thing. Find Even a intern. rude teen who wants mm-hmm. to break into sports media. Yeah, mm-hmm. give him a shot. They're willing to do anything. That's a little. Mm. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, in any case, Jason Tatum. <laughs> Uh, and of course, like so much of this Celtics run is predicated on on Al Horford going in the wayback machine and becoming a very valuable like it's switchable so, floor spreading big again. It's, which it's no one saw coming. It's okay. So, perfect example of that. It feels like you're just waiting for the pumpkin to rot, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're just like, oh god, it, because every time. So Atlanta Al Horford was fun. Atlanta Al Horford yeah. was, you know, you're like, oh, okay, a quality big, you know, okay. He get, he goes to Boston for like maybe a year or two, and you're like, oh, okay. Then you're like, oh my God, Al Horford, please stop. You are hurting the children. You 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 yeah, you, he, you he are definitely is the last member of that those great Florida Gator teams still in the NBA, which is wild. Yeah, I guess so. With Noah, that, 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 Noah like he's the guy. Corey. Corey Brewer is no longer yeah. around. Uh, it was Joaquin, Corey Brewer, Al Horford, David Lee, no longer in the NBA. Although Lee was like right before them. But mm-hmm. yeah. Nick Ledger. Al, remember Al, that tip in he had at the buzzer? Who could forget? I, I remember all of this. David Lee was mm-hmm. a great player. David Lee is also David Lee is also obscenely wealthy outside of basketball. Yeah, wasn't David, he like wasn't he like on the stock market like Basically, during the off season and like the David, early mid two thousands. David Lee is from St. Louis and is the heir to a a, a very large coat hanger conglomerate. His his great his his David Lee's grandfather is like very very very. Rich. Wait, is that the clean? Is that the cleaner Lee's cleaners? It's not like dry, not like a chain of dry cleaners. They manufactured coat hangers. Okay. Mm. Jamie, please Google David Lee's family. <laughs> Talk about his, his coat hanger money. Okay, because I I, I remember him being like on Bloomberg. Yeah, and he was, was talking about like businesses, and I'm just like, this is during the off season. I'm like, this dude, yeah, is making so much bank. I was like, does he even need the NBA? That was like Steve yeah. Young. Did have you heard that story that Steve Young like didn't even want to do Monday Night Football or anything? He just he's like, no, I'm just in uh, venture capital. Like I, he's just a business guy and never wanted. And they were like, we need you on TV to help things. So he like does TV. Yeah, we I've, have to use Trent Dilfer. Do you mm-hmm. want to see Trent Dilfer on TV offering expert advice? Yeah. No. Okay. Please, then. Anybody, anybody but Tom Brady. I am so sick of that. That the universe has decided that Tom Brady has to be a private part of our lives forever, showing up on Monday Night Football once a week and being paid an obscene amount of money to say absolutely zero interesting things ever. Tom, like Tom Brady's Brady is so bored with his family that Fox gave him yeah. like thirty-seven million for five years and say, "Do whatever you want." How many? He's not even gonna have time to kiss his kids on the lips now. 
When was he? It's gonna, he's going to be preoccupied. <laughs> oh, God. You know what's crazy, too? The thing about Brady and that number is just... If you had thrown that number at Peyton, that makes sense. Like, Peyton is probably worth that, and Peyton as a full-time Peyton, commentator Peyton is... is a char- Peyton has his... Peyton Manning is a charming man and would be, I don't know if he'd say anything particularly novel or interesting. But he'd be funny. And we know he'd be funny funny. and we know he would make the broadcast. We know, we don't know Brady's entertaining. We don't know that at all. No, we know he's not. In fact, we know he isn't. We know that there is, look, setting aside everything that Tom Brady has accomplished as a professional athlete, which is, I still think we haven't wrapped our heads around how staggering it is that he's still this great at age 43 that should mm. not be possible it is it is it is uh, it is uh, calling it unprecedented doesn't even begin to encapsulate the degree of difficulty which he has surpassed and the things he's accomplished so let's take that as a given the man has never said an interesting thing his entire life and every single venture outside of football has either been like sort of playing footsie with uh, fringe political movements or endorsing quack medicine or wanting to become the, the, the wanting to launch like Gwyneth Paltrow's goop for men for reasons also that escape me. <laughs> um, I, 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 I like nothing. None of it is, is, it is often quite weird and inexplicable, but none of it is particularly interesting or insightful. We know that he is not, at least, let's say it this way, he has never provided any evidence of being a person capable of doing the job for now, which he is the highest paid person in the profession. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we'll see. We still got some time before that yeah. comes about. Um, yeah. <laughs> in any case, Celtics Warriors is going to be a fun final. Then I would not write out the heat, man. I'm not doing it. That was, so, so Warriors Heat was my preseason finals pick, mm. and well, okay. So the only thank you. The only reason that I kind of want the Heat because I'm like Milwaukee needed this year to establish themselves as as a staying force in the East. The problem is, look, every heat, NBA the season heat has, get the, the Heat would get. BTFO'd by the by the Warriors. Like they don't have enough. Like if if Kyle Lowry were healthy and still playing like the Kyle Lowry, even of the last yeah. few years in Toronto, it might be a different series. But I don't think he can win a. I don't think he. Can, I don't think he can compete for a title with Gary Vincent as your starting point guard. I don't think Max no. Struss getting regular road being a being an important cog in your rotation means you're. And you need them on every single night if you're going to advance. A, and a, the problem a is Celtics series would be fun and cool. So I would be I stressed the hell out, Bob. Do you want that <laughs> well, for me? Yes. Yes. Because of what it would mean for me. I, I feel like and the rest of the basketball liking world. I feel mm. like your stress. Okay. Your team is in the finals. This is the world's smallest violin playing for Andrew Hammond and being mm. slightly stressed. Don't need it. Don't need that stress, Bob. Um, also, I hope I hope you guys enjoyed the message that I uh, I sent each of you. Which is it? I don't know. On Twitter. I, I, don't, just... I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't know what that website is. Let me see. Okay. Oh, you sent it. Uh, Jamie, oh, no. can you uh, log into our game? <laughs> no, I don't want to read this. Uh, Andrew, I don't want this. I do see. I see a lot of caps. So I don't want to do that. Um, I have You're a strict welcome. no caps rule. Um, winners and losers, though, from the NBA draft lottery. Uh, Bob, who did you have as a big winner based on how the odds fell? Not the Knicks. Not the Knicks. The Knicks haven't moved up in the N- in the NBA draft lottery since uh, 1985. Mm. Well, is that is that the one time they needed a frozen envelope to? Uh... The one time it worked correctly when things were rigged in New York's favor, yes. Mm. 1985, and they got Ewing. That's the last time they moved up. Mm. That's the last time. It's okay. I, I feel like I didn't want uh, Paolo Gontero <laughs> or, or Jabari Smith or, or, or noted Giacometti structure, Jeff Holmgren. The player I thought would be really cool is uh, 
is Jaden Ivey. I like him. He's fun. I, I think he's in any other year he wouldn't be the fourth pick, but I think he's a cool and fun player and, and would fit well in there. So they're not going to get him. Uh, so that's fine. Uh, winner has to be the Kangs, man. Moving up to Ooh. four. What are they going to do with it? Are they going to trade it for an established player? There's there is gossip via Henry Abbott. Yeah. That, that the Kings are trying to, in fact, include assets to someone to get Chet Holmgren. Mm-hmm. I don't know how That's Holmgren and Sabonis works, but it'd be fun to watch. I would love to watch yeah, it. That can work. Let's he watch can... the Kings screw this up. That's look, where I'm at. Look, no, Holmgren as on that roster as a floor spacer and a rim protector next to Sabonis in the low post, that, that actually fits kind of well, assuming you think Chet Holmgren is going to pan out, which I don't. But mm. uh, I just look, it's, I, I could very easily be wrong, and a lot of the advanced statistics say otherwise. But watching that guy in the in the uh, NCAA, like in the in the Final Four, or wherever he got to the Elite Eight. Um, oh, against I, Arkansas. Yeah, I just watched him get like any dude, any any Danny Fortson sized dude was just n- knocking him out of the paint, and I'm just like, I don't think he has the kind of frame that can add more core strength in order to hold up with the rigors. And now you're just talking about like a seven foot shooting guard. Um, I've been saying this, I've been saying this pretty much the entire year um, because I'd say, I'd say, I'd say out of all three of us, I maybe watched the most college basketball. Um, yeah, you and Ch- 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 Chase might might watch just as much, but I watch every Tennessee what, game and a lot of the big ones. But yeah, you probably watch more than me. It, I, Are you and a and I Lofton at, Junior guy? Is that what we're saying, getting at, Chase? It's a, it's a solid solid kid. Um, mm-hmm. I look, I look at Chet Holmgren, and I see all these NBA people going, "Oh yeah." How I, I I'm fascinated I, at how much college basketball NBA and and this is like with the NFL draft too. People who don't watch college football but are super obsessed with the NFL draft, I wonder how much... What's got two thumbs and is that guy? This guy. Love you, Bob. Yeah. Uh, no, and, and, and it's it's fascinating at the at the NBA level because I'm just like, how much college basketball do you actually actually you know watch this I, I year? Watch because I look at I just start watching in the tournament and I start that's when I start to pay attention. Yeah, I know. I would look. I would love it if if I'm not rooting against Jeff Holmgren. I just oh. never saw nothing I saw in any of those games made me think. Yeah, this guy is a lot right. top five. And the, and that's and that's where I'm at because I look at Chet Holmgren and I'm just like, okay. You know, like there's some there there, but yeah. is it enough for you to take him with the number one pick? Hell no. And Henry, if you go to for, if he goes to Orlando, Henry Abbott, who, Abbott, who's not one to throw around idle gossip, he's like it's Jabari Smith and that and yeah, and everything else you could you could go Jabari, Paulo, aka Patrick Mahomes, if you watch the F one race a few weeks <laughs> back. Um, yeah. My, no, I'm gonna say. I mean, I, I just I look at Chet Holmgren and I'm just like, I don't see any there there. And I'm sorry, I look at the teams in the top seven. They, they aren't the beacon of growth and development for a player. Hi, Kings, Magic. Kings. Um, I just I, my, I think my, there's more main, of a my main uh, draft strategy is that uh, I, I think. I think uh, Ben Caro is going to be a lot better pro than he was in college because my main, my, 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 one of my key draft uh, dictums, one of my tenets of the NBA of draft evaluation is that Coach K is a fraud. So if a, <laughs> if a new player doesn't like doesn't show everything he's got on in his toolkit. Mm-hmm. While at Duke, because oh, dude, dude, can, can we can we make the same case that. for Bill Self? This is the Jason. This he is the Jason Tatum principle. This is the Jason Tatum codicil that is. No one was blown away by Jason Tatum at Duke, and now Jason Tatum is Jason Tatum, and I think Bankero is going to have a similar career. I, I think also think it's just better. hard to do to ask a college coach to maximize this player who came into no, the system for one job. year. It's very rare. That's not what, it's very that's not rare. What, that's not like Calipari was pretty good at it, but that's not like their their skill set is not to 
provide a showcase for what a player could be in the NBA. Mm. Their job is to win games and uh, glad hand boosters. So, uh, but I'm going to keep calling Coach K a fraud if that's okay with you guys. Wow. So, yeah. Um, I mean, anyway, he's not. You to know, me, to he's... me, to me, it's Ben Caro who's, who's going to have the best career out of those guys. I will. I'm sure I'll be. Well, you know who's going to have that. the best career is the whoever the Magic take because the Magic. If you look at their past when they've had the number one pick, do you know who their last three number one picks have been? This is not good statistical analysis. This yet, is. Yeah. This. Is, do you yeah. know who it is, Bob? It, it's, it's Shaq Dwight Howard, Shaq, mm-hmm. and uh, Chris Webber. Nope. Penny. Penny Hardaway. Wait, wait, Penny wasn't the number one overall pick. No, he was third. They traded. They traded him to the. They the Orlando had the first overall pick. Yes. They traded the first pick to the Warriors for three firsts, and they took Penny. Yes, that's right. So partially that's a pretty good track record, Jack man. Enjoyed, partly because Shaq enjoyed playing with Penny Hardaway while they were filming the movie Blue Chips. That's is funny. partly why they went that. Um, But you know what's interesting with the Jabari-Chet discussion that's going to pick up, and this is something that I think, like, when I read, like, off, like, the Gonzaga part of this is that Jalen Suggs, they took him last year in the lottery. Jalen Suggs, he's probably not even positioned to start next year. Markel and Cole Anthony are probably still the the starting backcourt in Orlando, but he's someone who's close to Chet, and they, like, played AAU ball together. Like, growing up like this is like when they were like seven years old they've known each other for a long time and you're trying and if you're orlando this is what people miss i think sometimes when you're looking at drafting and all the different things like there's just so many other competing factors other than this guy can hoop and this guy can't there's so many other things that go into uh these picks and these trades and these discussions but I would love to be in the room when they try and tell Jalen, we're, we're not taking your guy, Chet. We're going with Jabari. And he's like, well, that uh, like you worry about pissing off the guy you just took in the lottery the year before. No, you don't. Why? You, 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 you got to take all the feelings out of it. But that's yeah, not reality. Gonna, you can't. Gonna, you can't, you can't gonna, do it. These gonna, are all grown I, men. I, I you can't really do it. Like, I really feel like they're not going to. I think I, I'm going to go with Abbott's take, which is that Jabari is a lock for the first overall. Yeah. Maybe Orlando trades out of it. But I would take like Jabari. Jabari. You can't trade out of it. But I would, uh, yeah, I would take Jabari. Yeah, you can. If, yeah, so, if somebody – look, everybody's got a price. Ted DiBiase mm. said it. Everybody's got a price. I just I wouldn't do it. If you're Orlando, you don't need to keep acquiring more assets. You've already got 19 different young guys that you got to figure if out. If you like, feel like if you feel like Jabari Smith is a better player than Chet Holmgren and you can get him at mm-hmm. three, then yeah, he won't be there at three. There's no way. Oklahoma okay. City's not. Ooh, even like, I don't know because what Houston's like got the second can, pick, right? No, Oklahoma City third, does. Yeah. Third. Okay. The rumor that Henry posted the other day is that the Kings would move up to two to take Chet. Mm-hmm. Jabari still goes one in that scenario. Bankero goes three. I and love Bankero in Houston with Jalen. I love yeah. that situation. Yeah. And then uh and then you've got uh Oklahoma City at four and they I guess have Shade and Sharp. Giddy, go no, go Shade and Sharp Shade so I can sharp, yeah. so I can get Jaden Ivey in Detroit. Hmm. Yeah, Jaden Ivey and, and Kate Cunningham would be a pretty fun backcourt. That because be basically fun. it's a it's a Cheaper version of um, cheaper, more athletic version of Jeremy Grant. I mean, Jeremy's a lot bigger than uh, Jaden Ivey. Hey, like Jaden Ivey's fun though. I don't know if you've watched. Like yeah, Jaden Ivey can jump very, out of the gym. He's fun, fun he, man. He could, he would be the number one pick in any other draft. No, mm. no, his no, his his, his 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 he does not have the jump shot. Where, like he, if if Suggs was coming out of Gonzaga this year, he would go first overall. Like none of these guys, like you could make a very clear argument that I would. I don't think Suggs would go above Chet or Jabari. I don't think so. Yeah, I think they would. Jabari Suggs is a bucket man. Watching him up close in the Auburn Green, Tennessee game. Right, fine, leading Suggs out of it, but definitely um, Green, Mobley, um, and Cunningham would all go ahead of anyone. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah, and I would. I would argue that. Suggs coming out of the NCAA tournament was getting like people were talking about Suggs going ahead of Jalen Green. Mm-hmm. They, they were talking about him going second. I like he, he, he had a did a lot. Of, he did a lot of in, Everyone, in terms of boosting draft stock. He did a great yeah, job. Yeah, he reminded me of of Brandon Roy, and that just hasn't happened this year. But he's we'll see. He just needs playing time Knicks, consistently. Can I tell you who I'm who the who my my Knicks guys are? Who the guys yeah. are okay. that I'm hoping fall to the Knicks? Mm-hmm. 
Number one, Benedict Maltherin. Okay. That I'll bite. Oh God, What's a Benzik? That would be fun. Yeah. Number two, Jeremy Sochan. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And number three, uh, Dyson Daniels. 6'8 point guard out of the G League uh, team. Oh, Ignite. Yeah. yeah. I mean, hey. That's not bad. That's Those are my guys. Those are my three guys. Bob loves like. the drafts. See, like any kind of drafts, like he's. I just... do. I don't, I don't get into anthem with the NBA draft because one, the Knicks always get uh, the shaft, but I, mm-hmm. I, or they shaft then, themselves, or they shaft themselves. I, look, everyone plays the draft revisionist game, and Obi Toppin is very fun. But I wanted Halliburton. I was a Halliburton guy. I uh, was born a Halliburton guy. <laughs> I will, I'll die a Halliburton guy. I really wanted Halliburton that year. Um, uh, I had other draft misses in years, but uh, yeah, I'm an NBA draft. I'm a draft Nick. Let's call me a draft Nick. Um, so yeah, those are the three guys who I like, and that mm. may change. Um, but uh, I think one of them will be on the board for New York, so that should be pretty cool. Um, I think Maltheran's going to go really high. I think he's going to test well and put him. He's he tra- like his game translates very easily. You can see a role as an athletic, you know, a, a shooter like that's going to be there if he can lock down his defense or get any secondary creation that's going to be a very nice player to have um so chan is just a swiss army knife you can plug in in all kinds of places and i think he'd even be like a 6-8 Kevon looney type center if you eventually plug him in there he's just he plays like a tasmanian devil he wants to hurt people and i'm in favor of that and uh uh and Tyson is you know like like he's a incredibly poor man's Josh Giddy, and I think that's a valuable type to have in the NBA these days. You worry about his jump shot, you worry about his lack of athleticism, but he's a smart player. So yeah, I I have eaten the tape, guys. I've I've gotten my evaluations in. Ready there to roll. Um, last main topic for today's sports reporters who have indeed reassembled. Um, Saban versus Jimbo. It's the college football minute, Bob. You need to be in on this because yeah, I have the... been kept abreast. Yes, this is a very important. <laughs> it means more update, Bob. So when you're, you need more context when you're tuning in. Is this, to... is this the college football minute? Have we hit the college football minute? Technically, we have now? hit the May version of the college football minute. Yes. All right. Well, you guys do your thing. Um, did all, you see? I, I, I like the. the, the uh, I'll just say that whatever made that tweet or or article, I don't know what it was about calling their wife fat. That was the that was the highlight of that story for me. That someone what? compared it to like insulting their wives or something. In any case, go on. Never I'm saw it. Like, yeah. I, like like these these the guys are the the evidently the guys involved in the corrupt system are mad that they, that they now have to deal with a different corrupt system. So it's fine for me. Go on. <laughs> College football minute it up. Um. Andrew, did you see what uh, Spurrier responded with last night? Yes, and it is okay. very on brand. It is very hilarious. Kind of sort of accurate. Here's the quote from Saban or from uh from Spurrier on the Saban Jimbo mess. So this is from al.com. He said, "Quote, I don't think Saban told any lies there, so I don't know what he was mad about." Since Fisher beat him last year, I guess he can talk now. He hasn't beat much of anybody, <sighs> but he beat Saban last year. Just throwing more gasoline on this fire. But I just you know what's funny, Andrew, is you know that this became super mainstream when I'm getting, like, my great aunt's Facebook messaging me and asking me if I'm going to talk about Jimbo versus Nick on the pod. And that that's just it, – it's so universal, and everyone was just so uh, caught up Nick in this. Nick was unhinged. Ba- but the thing is, Nick has been saying – sorry to interrupt. Uh, well, no, I don't think he was unhinged. I think if you watch the video and – Everything about Nick Saban is everything he says is very pointed. I don't think he accidentally says anything. And I think I'm a pro Nick guy. And I think what he was saying was that, hey, we don't have the infrastructure to do what Texas A&M did. So if this continues year over year, we're not going to have the best players anymore, Alabama business leaders. So this new world of NIL, like we have to find, like we have to be like Spire Sports. Shout out to my guys up here in Knoxville. Like there's just you have to kind of adapt, and I think he was using A and M as like the model to adapt. And then for me, 
I found Jimbo's comments, like I understand like him getting getting called out personally. It's like the the honor amongst thieves line where right. they talked about that where he's just like I'm sure he was upset. Like it, it, it discounts what he does because one of the things that people miss about NIL and recruiting is that it's not just money. Like there's a yeah. re- Nico did not just choose and we don't know if it's Nico if he's that unnamed player in the athletic store. We don't know that. So yeah. any player that Tennessee gets and any guy who's getting that that money it's more they're still having to meet with coaches they're still like yeah. how are you going to use me in the system and seeing tennessee's offense last year is a fun thing so if you're a brew mccoy and you're a five-star kid you're like oh you'll just have these lobs to me where i'm just gonna have 200 yard games because of our speed oh and oh, tempo. oh whoa, whoa, whoa hold on hold on hold on hold on brew mccoy isn't actually just gonna bail and go to another school in the next uh like two years i hope not um, okay we need because, him on the outside uh, I'm just saying he's yeah. he this that's his gimmick. Um, but no, I look. I get, but but the, here's the thing: Nick Saban has been basically signaling for two reasons. One, NIL in its current state is it's terrible for the competitive balance of college football because he knows he knows well enough that. There are maybe twenty to twenty-five percent of the schools that can compete in this NIL era. Then you've got maybe a thirty percent that are trying to get their ducks in order and trying to develop their own NIL financial program. Then you got like this fifty percent that just can't compete, whether it is because of there's an academic standard that's first, or they just don't have the funds to actually do it. And he's been calling for regulations, and people and some people look at it as, oh, he, you know, he he sees everybody's catching up to him. Are they really catching up? Like, I, I mean, I, the schools that are gonna be happy and, and and prosper during NIL were prospering in the first place. Spoiler mm. alert, everybody. Um, and so, yeah, but look, if he's, if, if Nick Saban's going to call out people on this, fine, but you know what? It's not even just a call out. He's sending a message to Jimbo. I don't he's, think it's just the Jimbo. I think it was, I really do believe it was not a Jimbo or Dion thing. I think it was more to the Alabama business leaders that like, I'm, no, I'm talking about he's. He wants revenge. He's not going away quietly. Like, I get that there's the whole aspect of, yes, Bob, I know you're excited about this. I'm, well, Bob had a question. I am jabbed. I am sick. <laughs> I was messing with you, Bob. I, no. am, I, am, I, am grind, I am gutting out this podcast, even though I should be on IR. Thank you. But, mm-hmm. Okay, Willis Reed. Um, That's but, right. No. <laughs> but no, I mean, I give me horse tranquilizers <laughs> to be able to do this. Pod. But see, he, he, here's the thing: everybody in the SEC West is circling Alabama, and you definitely get the vibe. Nick Saban's like, "Oh, okay, you want to do this? Bet, cool." Because he knows that for the first time in his career, or maybe since he's been at Cincinnati, Brian Kelly can actually cheat in recruiting this time. Because he couldn't do it at Notre Dame. Uh, hi, Kenny Pickett. Miss you, buddy. Uh, which is which is one of my favorite NIL stories that went wrong, where Notre Dame Ooh. literally tried to buy Kenny Pickett away from uh, Pitt, but Notre Dame didn't have their NIL ducks in order. Uh, and so now you've got that aspect. Lane Kiffin's going to be there. Like This is definitely a Nick Saban's hunkering down, He's going to pick off, you know, basically next year is going to be a revenge tour. Congratulations, everybody. I just feel like I think Nick and a lot of these coaches are in the right when it comes to because I just I talk to a lot of coaches. And one of the things that I do think is true is just that like NIL and I think what Nick had in mind, what a lot of these coaches had in mind was that once you're there and you're on TV, and you're playing, and your jersey's in the building, and we know you can play, 
then there is an NIL value to you, right? Where right. it's like you're on TV, people know you, you are making a lot of money for this university. Yeah. But before you get there, putting the money and having these situations where you have 16 and 17 year old kids talking with boosters and because it's hard to figure out if boosters are talking to these kids. And like you said, that's something that's always happened, but there's just more money where it's just oh, instead yeah. of $50,000 under the table, it's one to two million under the table. And it's trying to figure out, you know, these kids, it's just a lot of money and a lot of people in these kids' ears at a really young age before they've even played for the university. So it's like mm-hmm. these upfront payments where it's putting a lot of pressure on kids, it's putting a lot of pressure on coaches. And I uh, I don't know. I, I think it, it, you'd be hard-pressed. Outside of Dabo, most of these coaches want these kids to get paid. They want them to get yeah. paid whatever they're worth. They want them to do – like Sark's openly – like Bijan Robinson earned every bit of that Lamborghini deal in yeah. Austin. I think they just are uncomfortable with the 16- and 17-year-old kids getting paid a, a lot of money before – to get them even in the building. You know what I mean? Where it's like yeah. before they're even there and contributing to the university and making – because like once you're there, Bryce Young makes – the University of Alabama, a lot of money. These go, these players make that. But until they get there, and we'll see um, with just across the board, I, I don't know. I think there's a lot more nuance that people leave out when it comes to these NIL debates. And I think that Jimbo and Nick, they both probably understand that they should not have gone about this the way they did. And it was just a heat of the moment. It's a lot of pressure. These are high-pressure jobs. And competition is just at an all-time high. It's a cutthroat business. And... I think a lot of these coaches are just frustrated and are just airing. It's hard for them. I think it'd be hard for anybody not to slip up from time to time about how frustrated you are with where things are going, because it's still just every day. There's something new right now in college football that's happening. That's just, it, it's a lot. And you're putting a lot, like these guys are paid handsomely. Well, like no one's going to shed a tear for any of these guys, but I think by and large, it's still rough. Like it's still uncomfortable. It's still significantly harder for a lot of them. And that's just the reality. So when it's harder, when there's a lot more pressure and when you're a Jimbo and you're like, I didn't buy my guys. And I like, cause Jimbo looks at it as we have this whole recruiting staff. I met with all of these kids. I talk with them. I talk with how they're going to use them. It's like, why did Walter Nolan pick me? The number one kid in the class. It's like, well, you had Miles Garrett. Like there's been past success at A&M that A&M edge guys have gotten number one. Like, a&M did have an amazing season. People forgot in 2020 um, that just got lost by the wayside because of COVID. And they had a little bit of a down year, eight and four, but like, it's still a great operation. And Jimbo's won right. a national title. And it's still just, I, I understand where he was like, Hey man, it's not that simple. You can't just do that because it, there are other schools that have that kind of money that can't yeah. recruit like that, that haven't been able to recruit like that. If it was that easy, they would do it too. So yeah. I, I understand where he's coming from. I, I feel like that's just kind of where I'm at after a couple of days here. Yeah. Totally get it. Um, Bob, we're back. What's your pick of the week? New Kids in the Hall episodes. What is that? Is, is that on uh, – where is that at, by the way? Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Fine. I don't I'm know sorry. what that is. Oh, what? What is that? <sighs> Bob explained. <laughs> I, I don't know. You talk to him. He's your son. Uh, fine. Okay, so Kids in the Hall was basically um, late the late eighties, early nineties. Ever it was popular in the late eighties, early nineties. You would watch it on. It was around on HBO. They're Canadians. Then went to com- a musical group. Didn't they go to Comedy Central? Uh, Comedy Central started running later. They were originally on HBO. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, but they are. At, like, if you like Mr. Show, Mr. Show would not exist without Kids in the Hall. If you like hmm. any, like, uh, I'm trying to think of, like... If you like any type, of, any type yeah. of, like, uncomfortable comedy in the last 20 years... Yeah. Yeah. Kids in the Hall. Like, like Tim and they, Eric. If you like Tim and Eric, you like they would not exist without Kids in the Hall. Like, the Kids in the Hall is... They they were a sketch comedy troupe out of Toronto. They are brilliant and hilarious, and they the they disbanded in 1995 and briefly 
they had a they made a feature film which was not that great um and for a whole bunch of reasons um and they started they've occasionally done touring shows um but uh they are back with new episodes for the first time since again you know close to three decades ago so hmm. they are still awesome um, various members of the Kids in the Hall have gone on to all kinds of careers in movies and TV shows. Dave Foley, you may know from his run on News Radio. You never saw the show News Radio with Phil Hartman and Joe Rogan and Andy Dick. And I know what it is. I just never watched Maura it. Maura Tierney. No mm-hmm. Maura Tierney fans. I was more of and a just he... shoot me kind of guy. Oh, okay. Then just shoot me. <laughs> um <laughs> Quality content. Thanks. In any case, Chase, uh, I will send you some links to a few Kids in the Hall sketches to get you up to speed. I am mm. too offended right now to do anything else. As you mm. should be. Yeah. In any case, the Kids in the Hall are back. It's great. There's a little bit of an Uncanny Valley quality to it for anybody who did grow up watching the original shows because, you know, they're now all men in their mid-60s. Mm-hmm. And it's a little unnerving if your persistent memory of them is what they were doing when they were in their 20s and 30s. Um, but it's still great. And I'm slowly allowing myself one or two episodes at a time so as not to go through them all. But they're going to the kids in the hall. Amazon okay. Star. Andrew, what about you? Uh, George Carlin doc. I'm probably going to watch that. So I thought it came out next week, but... It's actually out now, which um, on e on HBO Max, so I will be watching that uh, probably today. Um, mm. So yeah, looking forward to that. Also, um, yeah, that's about it. Oh, okay. Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, I hope this is the year that people uh, realize that the Stanley Cup playoffs are more exciting than the NBA playoffs. We don't have to do these universal takes. Enjoy what you want. Like, the yeah, no, like, I'm just, I'm just saying. I, th- I, I, feel, I feel like it's people like kind of discard the hockey playoffs. I'm like, no, like you guys, like the excitement. No, you're allowed to people... discard the hockey playoffs if you're not a hockey fan. Like that's that's okay. I, I, people I, do it I all the time. Like, but I feel like people it's need to. It's very easy to casually enjoy a hockey game. True. Men, yes. men go fast. They hit each other in the face. It's Bob very... loses his mind. He goes full Don Cherry. It's really true. Yeah. Pucks on net. Pucks in deep. Uh, my pick of the week, puck. though, Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me. I had not watched it, and... I there heard, you go. I mean, there I'm a big... Twi- He's cultured. Hold We're on. culturing like the kid th- out here. Hold I'm, on. I'm turning into Hubie Brown now. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I thought it was fine. I don't know why people... Okay, were... you're Chase Thomas. Mm-hmm. You've never... Uh oh, Bob went away. Uh, we've just lost Robert. Look at that freeze frame for Bob. I know, just, just, just happiness, just a happy child. This is incredible. What it's do you fantastic. think he was going to yell at me about, Andrew? I don't know, but there's something it's about fantastic. Twin Peaks Firewalk with me. I just don't know what it was specifically. Yeah, he was he he was very happy about it. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> I love this is really just like stuck on Bob. This is like one of those TV show bits where uh, they, they do freeze frame somebody else, and you're just like, "Hey, you're probably wondering how we got here." <laughs> as uh, as Bob O'Reilly plays in the background, mm-hmm. fun times. What do we do here? It's too late in the show. We can't. I'm just, not like, gonna lie. It would be kind of funny if we just said, "Hey, yeah, the show's over," and Bob is just like frozen. That's what we should do, Andrew. Yeah, this is the end of the show, yeah. Bobby Silverman. We hope you didn't get lost in the vortex. If you come back <laughs> at some point, we uh, th- I can make another joke, but I'm not going to do that to spread disinformation about certain things. Um, Andrew Hammond of the Detroit Free Press, thank you as always. And uh, I will talk to you and uh, maybe Bobby next week. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Reporters who have indeed reassembled here on the Chase Thomas Podcast. Thank you again to Bob and Andrew for coming on this Sunday, May 22nd, 2022 edition here on the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed uh, today's episode of the show. Uh, new episode coming tomorrow. 
uh, on this very feed, new episodes daily on this very podcast feed here on the Blue Wire Pod Network. Uh, remember to go subscribe to my written content at sportsrenaissanceman.substat.com. All kinds of great stuff coming over there. So Sports Renaissance Man, that's me, sportsrenaissanceman.substat.com. I got all times, uh, all types of uh, great stuff coming over there. I'm very excited uh, for the summer plans on that front. So if you're not already, please make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button and become a subscriber, paid subscriber over there as I get into everything I got going on over there. Uh, check out the YouTube page, all of our stuff over on YouTube, youtube.com, type in the Chase Most Podcast, that easy, that simple. Uh, go ahead and take care of that today. That'd be great so you can watch all of our stuff, all of our videos, clips, all that good stuff over there on youtube.com. Type in the Chase Thomas podcast right there. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that is all I've got. Tweet at me at Chase underscore Thomas. Like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. Uh, check out the home page, chasethomaspodcast.com. And then, of course, email me at chasethomaspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, see you up to tomorrow. Over there. How'd I do? Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.